I'm Dallin. And I'm Colby. And, and we're Dalby. You're listening to Walk and Roll, an interabled podcast where we talk about the unique challenges faced by interabled couples. Stay tuned to learn more. On today's podcast, we're going to be talking about quarantine and how that affected us as individuals and how that affected our relationship. Quarantine, quarantine. So today... Wait, what was that? That was my song. It was my theme song. Your theme song? <laughs> Babe, quarantine's done weird things to me. Does, does Walk and Roll have a theme song now? No. no. Not better. quarantine, quarantine, That's quarantine. That's some real theme song. It's not. It's, it's, <laughs> no, it's, it's not. It, it, it's it's cemented now. So today we're talking about quarantine, Avi, and how that... <laughs> Weird mood today. What was and how that has affected us as individuals yeah. and how it's affected our relationship. We shouldn't do this at 10 o'clock at night. It is... So, we really shouldn't. Anyway, we are though. So, let's talk about when quarantine first started or when coronavirus <laughs> or COVID 19 first appeared in the U.S. So, you're talking like day damn one? Day damn one? What? Day damn one. I don't get it. The first day. Yeah. Yeah. So, we live in Washington State. Unfortunately. <laughs> and Washington was actually where the first case of coronavirus was recorded in the U.S. I just think I'm a lucky, I'm a bad charm. I'm an unlucky charm. <laughs> no, you're not. I'm like the but anti We're not talking about you right now. Sorry, I'm just saying. <laughs> We're talking about coronavirus. So, it first came into Washington State, the first recorded case. My personal belief is that it was in the U.S. before that. But, so, Washington, after that was discovered, went into basic lockdown. Shelter in place. Remember the inmate numbers? (laughs) No, we didn't. It It felt like it, but... Which meant that all non-essential businesses were shut down and you couldn't go to work. Luckily, I had a job that, at the time, that I could do remotely. So I was able to work 20 hours a week instead of my normal 40. So I was still able to work from home, which I did a lot of that here from your house rather than my house for the first couple of weeks because I got quarantined here for a while. Which was fun. Quarantine was fun. Not really. But, um, so that is, that was in, was that March 2020? So what do you remember about that? I got to pick my inmate number. It was 8675309. Well, you knew that was going to set me off on singing it. You knew that. No, I remember it. It was, um, I remember sitting down and watching Governor Inslee's, like, first, uh, press conference. Mm-hmm. But anyway, it was, uh, it was, it was sad, you know. It was, like, everything that we wanted to do, like, we had a, we had a cruise, right? Mm-hmm. We had a cruise planned. And, uh. Well, and that's not even, that wasn't even just our state. The mm-hmm. cruise line itself had to shut down. Yeah. So, I mean, we got refunded, but it was still kind of a bummer. 
But I'm just using that as yeah. an example of something that we had I mean, planned and we wanted to do. Yeah, but I mean, I know we probably weren't the only one in that situation that had plans canceled. No, which of course, sucks. of course. Personally, I felt bad for people who had weddings scheduled at the beginning of 2020. Yes, yes. I mean, at least ours was at the end of 2020, so we were able to go into it with as much knowledge and precautions as we could. Yeah, it was. <laughs> but it was sad, and and I remember. You know, every time it shut down. Every yep. time. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I remember that first, what, three months? Mm-hmm. We were afraid to be around each other. Yeah. And yeah, when it first Because no one doing. knew anything about it, right? Yeah. And I know, I remember, like, they, they, the restaurants were able to, like, do cherry out or mm-hmm. whatever, curbside. Well, not even at the beginning. At the beginning, they were all closed, even. Yeah. But then they started, like, worrying about, you know, small businesses and stuff. So mm-hmm. they allowed them to be curbside. Mm-hmm. But we didn't even eat out. Like, yeah. Mom made homemade meals for the first three months. Yeah. And we started getting a little bit more brave, I think. Well, I think, I think the first, at the beginning it was the fear of the unknown. Yeah. Which, because your condition is a immune Deficiency, Deficiency. yeah. Um, It was really scary to be. I mean, it's still scary now, Mm -hmm. but it's a little less scary because there's more understanding of COVID. Um, But at the beginning, it was really scary. Like I remember, like I would every weekend when I came over because I wasn't living here at that point, I'd wear a mask. Mm -hmm. Like we wouldn't, like we'd barely even hug. Yeah. (laughs) Like we'd really keep our distance, and I think that was hard as a couple. Um. But not only as a couple, but as individuals. Like, I know that for me, that played a toll on me, like, emotionally. Because, like, the five love languages, I don't know if our listeners have heard of that. But mine is physical touch. So that means, like, hugs, high fives, back scratches. Like, those are things that help me to feel loved. And so, for those three months, all those things were lacking. So, for me personally, it made made that hard. Made it hard. And for me, it was hard because... Everybody was afraid to be around me, so it was like, it was almost like they were scared to get me sick, but they treated me like I was a sick person. Yeah. Because they didn't want to come around me for my own good, mm-hmm. but it was almost like isolation for myself. And it was like no one would yeah. come in here in my bedroom. Mm-hmm. Uh, my caregiver would sit out there out in the out in the living room living room room. and yeah and it was like i didn't see anybody's face because they were masked covered for but it was hard i i I really miss people and for six months i didn't go outside yeah you didn't leave it well you went outside here in the yard but you did not go out in public no i i I don't even remember what the mall looked like yeah you know i was like i don't don't even remember what the mall looks like (laughs) Yeah, I think our first time in a mall since COVID started was the last, no, whichever before last, mm-hmm. we went to... Went shopping with mom. Yep. Yeah, but I mean, like, now, it's not that we've thrown caution to the wind, mm-hmm. but we're not as strict about it. Yeah. Just because now I think we have a little more understanding of how COVID works, and we understand a little more about it. I mean, we still do take precautions, like... For example, one of our recent TikToks, somebody asked why I had a mask on while I had had a bridal shower with some close friends. 
and we all wore masks and we all took precautions while we were there. However, when I got back, I still took those precautions here, you know, mm-hmm. mask when I was in Dallas, when I was in Dallas space, washing my hands, making sure that I was staying six feet away from people in the house just to be on the safe side because we were around a lot of people. And so currently with the way my work schedule is, there's not a whole lot of people at my work. Mm-hmm. There's maybe 10 people there on a daily basis and we have been in a building where we're spread out. Like there's some days I don't talk to another human in person other than when they walk by my office window and I wave. Yeah. I don't have human interaction. So it's not as big of an issue mm-hmm. <clears throat> now as it was. But I think as a couple, what do you think as a couple, how do you think it affected us then? I think that, that as a couple, I mean, we were still, we were, we were solid enough to survive it. Yeah, we had we'd been together about a month, a year, I mean, not longer than Yeah, yeah. So we, we had just approached our one year yeah, anniversary so as a couple. We still had that, we had that solidarity to where we knew that this is kind of our current, you know, reality and we'll just have to tough it out. But it, it was tough. It was really tough. Well, and I think the hardest part, too, of toughing it out was not knowing when the end would be. Yeah. Because our state has been really strict mm. on our COVID precautions and restrictions. And so there was no end in sight because they did a phase plan and a then the phase plan started falling through and cases started going back up. So they shut everything down. And it was just this endless cycle for months on end where things would open for a couple weeks and things would shut back down. Yeah. And so it was hard not knowing if and when it would come to an end, which like I said, it's still not on an end. <laughs> I mean, the vaccine has brought hope for hope for many, but it's still, it's still rampant. However, we have to, we have to, choose what we live in fear about yeah because it's 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 a it's a um you have to think about other people mm-hmm. but then you also have to personally decide how far you're going to go yeah right and and i know the hardest part was having that day like we have a day like we're going to have a shutdown for two weeks and then on this day we're going to reassess right that's what our mm-hmm. um state wanted to do and then it's like you start counting down to that day and then when you get an update they're like well and it's not even you don't even necessarily get to that day before they have the update that they're yeah, staying closed you're sitting there like oh it's over you know they're gonna open up and then it's well cases are still rising so you know, we'll have to continue in another yeah. three ways. And it's mm-hmm. like, oh. Well, I think the fact that there was, especially for our state, there was a gubernatorial, gubernatorial, how do you say it? Gubernatorial. Yeah. There's a governor race. <laughs> I don't yeah. know what the proper word would be. Yeah. And so that added to it as well because people felt like, really felt like our governor was using it for political gain at some points. Yeah. There's um, a lot of, frustrations yeah and so i think that played into that whole atmosphere in our state as a whole about coronavirus and how people treated it mm-hmm. um because some people took it seriously and other people just thought it was a political thing which i mean COVID is very real yeah it is but i think at the same time 
like I was saying, we have to choose what we're going to live in fear about. And like I was telling Dallin, when we decided that we were going to be a couple again and live our life and start doing our normal stuff again, we had a discussion about it. And it came down to, you know, neither of us know our time to die, but we're both Christians and we have faith in God and we know that he does. So us living in fear of... COVID-19 or Mm -hmm. the flu or cancer or any really disease that could take our life, that's not a way to live. And so it was choosing, again, the quality over quantity. Yeah. Um, Which, like I said, that doesn't mean that we're reckless and going out to crazy parties with no masks. Yeah. (laughs) Or anything. But at the same time, we're like, it's not worth giving up who we are to live in fear of something. Mm Mm-hmm. yeah, it was. It, it it's a hard decision, right, for anybody, mm-hmm. to to find that line of how far they want to go. You mm-hmm. know, um, yeah, and you're right. Coronavirus is a, is a real thing, and I honestly, I was at first one of those skeptical people, mm-hmm. but then I had a friend that uh, just lost his father, and is you know to coronavirus, and going through that with him. Mm-hmm was extremely hard because I, I was, you know, I was there the whole time. Yeah. And and it really changed my point of view. But, it, you know, I, I still think that sometimes it can be used for political reasons. And, and it shouldn't be. Yeah. Because these are people's lives, mm-hmm. you know. But, uh, you know, it, it's hard. And I know for us, you know, we going to see your parents and family, you know, mm-hmm. it's a big thing. And, and, and I know around Christmas it got really hard because, you know, one person got it and then everybody yeah. had it. Well, around Christmas time, my step nephew was exposed at his mother's house and they didn't, he didn't, they didn't know he had it and came down to my little brother's birthday and passed it on to, well, exposed everybody, didn't pass it on to everybody there. Yeah. Thankfully, the only person that tested positive out of that was my nephew who shared a room with him. Um, but that was the week before Christmas. So my whole family that was at my little brother's party had to go into quarantine. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, again, I'm not saying that our family is reckless because our family is very careful. They don't go out there. The only people they're around is our family. And so it was kind of a, just a fluke thing that my stepnephew who was there for the weekend brought it down. Um but I think that was one of the hardest things for me at first because I moved up to Seattle in mid-2019. And so my family's large, but we're very close. And so I would go down there a couple times a month. Yeah. <laughs> I'd split my time between them and you, basically, when I first moved up here. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I couldn't go down there for a while to see them... Even them in their small town at first were not... They lived five minutes from each other, but they wouldn't go near each other for the same reasons. But I think that was one of the hard things for me. And it still is hard going down there sometimes because, you know, we're very cautious about who we interact with, who we see, like, and to put those guardrails in. Because even though we're careful, we don't know where other people have been. And so that's where the fear comes in when we're around the other people. Well, and and I think, not to cut you off, but... I think that the biggest problem with it is people that you 
are used to feeling comfortable around. Yeah. And you're you're able to let your guard down because they're your family or uh-huh. they're your friends. There's a level of fear now. Yeah. You don't know, like you said, <clears throat> where they've been, and you can't trust anyone. Well, and it's not even like it's their fault. Like, because it wasn't no. my nephew's fault that he got it. Exactly. But like, it's... It, it was just, he got it and exposed everybody else. And yeah. so it's not, and it wasn't his fault, but it's that level of not knowing. Yeah. It is. It is. And like I said, we're not really living in fear of it. No. We're still living our life. But that fear and that, what if somebody here has Corona? Yeah. We don't know it because the thing about it is that before you have the two days before you have any symptoms is when you're most contagious they're saying um and so it's scary that for the first those 48 hours there's no symptoms you just feel normal you act normal and the truth is you're not you're spreading it and so that's part of what what makes it so scary but that's part of where that understanding it better comes from yeah but i think the biggest the thing that coronavirus has proven is that fear comes from the unknown, mm-hmm. and fear is the biggest destroyer of trust. Right? Yeah. Well, and I know people that are so in fear of it that they don't go out. Yeah. And <laughs> like they they still it's been almost a year and they still don't leave. Yeah. And it's like that's not a healthy way to live. No. Like, I've heard many numbers about the suicide rates and all that stuff going up, and it is because as humans we are created to have human contact. Yeah. Like it's in our DNA to be around people. Mm-hmm. But when you can't do that, <laughs> or like, for example, um, schools, like your mom's a teacher. My mom was a teacher t- up till this school year. Yeah. And like looking at the way that the school system's running right now, I'm like, I don't understand how we're going to be able to come back from this. Yeah. It's, it's almost, the train's almost done too far off the rails. Yeah. You can't, you can't reset it. Well, it's because they're doing online school, but there's no accountability for online school. No, and, and, and the problem is teachers, even on the news, they're not wanting to come back. Yeah, well, and the thing is, too, is not all teachers are that way. Not all teachers no. are bad. Um, but personally, this is my personal belief, I think the teachers that don't want to come back are thinking of themselves. To yeah. be honest, they're living in that fear. Because if you look at students, students need to come back. Yes, there's online schooling and whatever, but that's not effective for most students. Yeah. Some students, yes, they thrive in that. But there are students that are getting so far behind that they're going to have to redo this year and last year because schools shut down halfway through the school year. And it's it's setting our whole country back as a whole yeah. because of that. And because it's not they're not going to be able to graduate at their normal time. So exactly. you're going to have you're either going to have kids dropping out of school or kids who should have been graduating 18, graduating at 20. Yeah. And it's it's setting us back. It is. It's it's a tragedy. I think one of the biggest issues for me is that most of my family is from Texas, right? Mm. And in Texas, there's their, their rules of coronavirus are different than ours. Like, their quarantine phase is only a week. It's seven days. Ours is 14. And, yeah, I mean, they're... You know, states, some are higher cases than others. But, you know, I did a call or see on Facebook that one of my cousins is at Texas Roadhouse eating dinner with his whole family. No mask, nothing. And it's like, man, it's kind of jealous, you know? <laughs> but, yeah. Well, hey, you know, just here in a couple of weeks, we'll be able to go out and 
eat in a restaurant again. Yeah, phase two. <laughs> well, I mean, by up. the time, well, by the time this airs, phase two for us will be in effect. Yeah. Because it goes into effect Monday. Yeah, it's in phase two. Long time. <laughs> well, I mean, going into a restaurant would be, will be nice. Yeah, it's it's been a while, and yeah, I think that that Washington is ready for it. Yeah, I mean, we've done our best as far as date nights at home go, but <laughs> it'll be nice to actually go out and have a date night. Yeah, I know one one thing. Corona has really had to make people use their imaginations, you know, to keep sane. But uh, yeah, it's it's. Uh, I think ultimately, you know, as bad as coronavirus has been, it's really brought out, you know, it's shown people that you have to be strong, and it really separates the strong from the weak, right? Mm-hmm. And and it has, it has proven to people what they're capable of. Yeah. Right. And 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 a lot of people look at coronavirus as a really, really bad thing. Right. And it's horrible. But like I've always said, there's a silver lining to everything. Right. Any bad situation, there's always a silver lining. And yeah, you can find the positives in this too. So. And now, let's roll out. In today's rollout, Colby's done a share. There we go. <laughs> I just thought I should share some advice from my dad. My dad, okay. Ready? Sure. Never play leapfrog with a unicorn. Oh, God. Thank you for joining us today. Until next time. Toodles! Toodles.